I'm Meg Dahl, your unbreakable host. Welcome to the show. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Unbreakable You podcast. Now, before we get into today's conversation with Deanna Wilcox, which, by the way, is amazing, we talk about her journey through chronic illness eating disorders, body dysmorphia, and how she went from diet to diet and trying all of these supplements and jumping from all of these different protocols and then finally landing on this new way of healing involving mindset work and diving deep within herself. And you all know That's what I'm all about. That's where the real healing is. So you're going to absolutely love learning from Deanna today. Can't wait to introduce you to her. She's awesome. But before we go over to that conversation, I just want to talk about what I'm into lately and that full moon that happened last night. It was a gorgeous one, as they all are, but it just felt so feminine to me and the way I welcomed that full moon energy into my life was through a really delicious Epsom salt bath. Oh my gosh, I have been loving my Epsom salt baths. It's been only two days in a row so far, but they're like my new favorite thing. Just two cups of Epsom salts in a nice hot bath and some clary sage essential oil. I just put two to three drops of doTERRA clary sage essential oil in my Epsom salt bath and then I soak and I have like Reiki music playing. Last night I did a full moon guided meditation off of someone that I follow over on YouTube. It was just so awesome and I felt so great. And then I did some tarot cards. I did a like a spread and got a lot of clarity and a lot of it was incredibly relevant to what I'm going through in my life right now. So pretty wild. Um, I am leaving for travels again for some more health beyond food classes for the next two weeks. So I take off on Friday and I actually won't be back home until December 1st, but no fears. I will always have this podcast going for you ladies. I love being here with you and I'm so grateful that you join me here every single week and more and more of you have been taking a picture of your surroundings or like doing a selfie while you're out for a walk listening to the episode or if you're not anywhere where you really want to be taking a picture maybe you're driving and I don't want you on your phone when you're driving but 
If you are listening to this episode, I love it so much when you take a screenshot or a picture of whatever you want and share it in your Instagram stories. Tag me, let me know you're listening and which episodes are your favorite, what you're loving, what you want to listen to. More episodes to come, like I said, every Wednesday as usual. And this week, it's all about really embracing yourself, seeing yourself as whole rather than being broken and moving through illness for true healing and really letting go of that fixation on food, supplements, protocols, and allowing yourself to dive deep within yourself for that true healing. So, You are going to get a lot out of today's episode and I hope you enjoy. I'll see you next week, ladies. Thank you for tuning in. Hey, Deanna, welcome to the show. I am so excited to be sitting down with you today and chatting. I am so excited to be here. You have somebody, been somebody that I've been following for so many years, and it's so exciting to actually sit and chat with you somewhat face-to-face. Yeah, I mean, we're using Zoom right now, but honestly, I feel like it is very face-to-face, real-life type thing, you know? I don't know. I meet so many people over Instagram, and you know, we'll be friends for like years by only chatting over Zoom. And then when we do meet, you actually have to kind of like take a step back and be like, did we, is this our first time meeting or because it just feels so real, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So you and I were chatting before I hit record and we actually have a lot in common. Um, it's kind of freaky. So why don't you introduce yourself to everyone that's listening today? Okay. So as you said, I'm Deanna Wilcox and I am a certified health coach. I also am a mindset and wellness coach and a low toxin living advocate. And I have had a very long and winding health journey and it's now my passion to share what I've learned through my health journey um, with other people to help them find more joy, peace, and freedom in their lives. It makes me so excited to share those things with people and um, yeah, we, you and I have both had lots of things go on in our lives, like just multiple phases of my life where I dealt with different things. And it really kind of started back in 2000 when I was in college. So it's been 19 years of various journeys. And like I said, I, I've, I now have one of my missions or one of my things that I say all the time is to use everything as a learning opportunity. I feel like everything comes into our life to teach us something. And I like to say, always remain a student and never a victim. And so the things that have come into my life, I've really used as teaching tools. And I love sharing what I've learned with others. Amazing. So what were some of those phases that you've gone through within your life that really did bring you to where you are today? 
Yeah. So as I mentioned, I was in college. I was a sophomore that was like towards the end of my sophomore year. And I started getting my period every two weeks. And I knew there wasn't something right about that. And, you know, as a college student, it was also just really frustrating. So I went to like the university health center and was told that I should get on birth control and that that was going to help take care of my period. And so I did not knowing really any better. And sure enough, you know, I ended up with just a monthly cycle. However, just within a few months later, I started having some of the worst digestive symptoms and I put on about 40 pounds in just a couple of months. And I knew there wasn't something right, but nobody was able to give me any answers as to what was happening. And so being a college student, I was busy. I was working multiple jobs that summer. And then I went back to school to my junior year. And um, I continued to have these gut issues and was not able to find really any answers. Um, Later on, I brought to one of my doctors, like, do you think it's a gluten sensitivity? And he was like, sure, just try an elimination diet and see, you know, and that helped a lot, but it wasn't the solution for sure. During that time, I also went through an eating disorder and clinical depression. I had, you know, body dysmorphia, which often accompanies eating disorders. And um, really, even though I recovered from those, went on, even though I recovered from the eating disorder and the depression, I went on to have body dysmorphia and disordered eating for many years after that. I had recovered so much, but I certainly wasn't all the way there. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in 2012, so between years of 2000 and 2012, I dealt with gut issues for all through that time and was wow. just really experimenting on my own. And, you know, it's funny because in the early years, this really like ages myself, but there really wasn't the internet to search for answers. I mean, there was, but it wasn't the way it is now. And um, so I would be like reading magazines, go on the internet when I could, talk to my doctors, but I, I still, I just hadn't gotten any answers. And so I finally put myself on an elimination diet in 2011 and started to discover some of the food triggers and, um, you know, but it was things like broccoli. And I, I just couldn't really understand that at the time. I didn't have much understanding of things like FODMAPs and SIBO, small intestinal bacterial overgrowth, things like that. So anyway, 2012, I had lost weight again through being on this elimination diet lost my period again. And suddenly my health started to unravel. Now there were several things going on in my life at that time, lots of stressors, things that I think this is a really big point to make. They were things that people don't always consider stressors. I was sending my son to my first son to school for the first time and he was going to a private school. So I did have to commute him, you know, there's some stress in that, but There was a lot of stress that looking back, I realized was related to my own first years of school that I, that were brought up in that experience with him. 
I was not getting enough sleep. I had built a business that was exploding and it was very overwhelming along with my family life and all sorts of other stuff going on. I was under eating because I was on this elimination diet and just so much was going on that my health unraveled. And looking back now, you know, I can see all of those stressors and understand, but it was a lot. Um, so I went on to find out, you know, I had multiple gut infections. I had severe adrenal fatigue or HPA axis dysfunction. I ended up finally, after a few years of even working with some of the best practitioners, people like Chris Kresser, I finally discovered that I had Lyme disease and a chronic inflammatory response syndrome or a mold illness. Mm. And so that that kind of sums it up. But it, it was, I really didn't feel like I was fully well until about 2017 even 2018. Uh, and so it was in an 18-year journey, really. Um, the worst of it was kind of wrapped up in the five years between like 2012 and 2017. Wow. I am filled with shivers right now. And like you said, that is a lot. And you've, I'm just so proud of you for coming to where you are today and moving through all that you did. I mean, I know how awful it is to go through an eating disorder, but then kind of layer on Lyme and chronic inflammatory response syndrome. Like that's a lot of stuff. And I know you are very much into mindset healing and how that how our mindset plays such a huge role in helping us actually like overcome things. Right. So can you kind of like take us back and when did this mindset work actually come into your life? Because I'm sure it wasn't always a part of your healing toolkit. (laughs) Exactly. And that's why I mentioned that even though I had quote unquote recovered from my eating disorder, I went on to have body dysmorphia and disordered eating habits for years until I really did the mindset work. And it wasn't always super severe, you know, those things, but the mindset work made it clear to me how disordered I was still thinking about things. But to answer your question, it's really interesting because I know this person is a huge inspiration to you too, but Jessica Flanagan wrote her book, The Loving Diet, and published it in late 2015. And I asked for her book for Christmas and nobody bought it for me. (laughs) So I bought it for myself. And dug into it in like January of 2016. And that was the beginning of just opening my eyes to a much bigger world of healing than I had really been aware of. I had been like scratching at the surface of some of this stuff, but it was her book that really opened my eyes to so much more. Yeah. Jessica's amazing. And I'm so grateful that I was able to work 
like alongside with her throughout the past year was have you ever taken her spiritual coaching course I haven't I have looked into it a few times and it is definitely on my bucket list of things because I just adore her work yeah it's life-changing for sure um but okay so that is how you are really introduced to the world about like mindset healing and how it's not always about food and supplements and like all these other things that we're constantly being like told that we should be doing all these things. Right. So I really like how you brought up that you were recovered from an eating disorder, but you were still holding on to all of these disordered eating behaviors because I know that for me in my life, that's exactly how it played out for me as well. Like you're so happy that you're recovered from an eating disorder. So it's kind of like, oh, I'm free. I'm done. I don't have to do anything. But then you're still holding on to all of these disordered eating patterns and habits and behaviors. So what was like the mindset work that you did to kind of finally um bring those behaviors to light and actually let go of them once and for all, because I know so many of the women that are listening to this episode are in that spot too, right? Many women have fought, battled, overcome eating disorders, but they're still like, okay, I'm not fully free yet. Absolutely. I, the biggest thing was I went within. So all of this time with my illnesses, just like you were just saying, I was looking for protocols and supplements and diets, healing diets, and all of these things to help me heal. And I had done them all. Like, you know, I had just done so much and I had researched and researched and researched. And all, you know, all this time I just kept looking outside of myself for the answers. And so the huge thing was really going inside and some of the biggest things were reminding myself that I was whole, that I didn't need to be fixed because all of these years I had been working to fix myself. And it was coming from this place of, you know, feeling broken. I really, I felt like my body was a mystery. I had stopped trusting my body because I just felt like it was betraying me with everything that I was trying to do. And it wasn't, it wasn't, um, reacting. But what I began to realize was that it was me who wasn't really listening. And when I turned within and started working on a process of trusting myself again and seeing myself through eyes of love and, you know, even doing mirror work, looking in the mirror. And it started first honestly, with looking at myself in the rear view mirror of my vehicle, because all I could see was my eyes. I couldn't see any other part of my body. And I would look deeply in my eyes and tell myself, it may sound crazy, but I would, I know it won't to you, but to some, it may sound ridiculous, but I would look deeply in my eyes and tell myself I loved myself. And it was so uncomfortable at first, but I began to actually feel it. And when I could start, when I started there and could just look at within 
instead of at my outer body, I started to begin to really trust and love myself in a different way. So that then when I looked in a full length mirror, I actually loved what I saw, even because I mentioned way back in college, I had put on 40 pounds with whatever was going on with my gut. But then I had an eating disorder, lost a ton of weight. When I got sick with Lyme and chronic inflammatory response syndrome, I gained about 40 pounds again. And it was so hard to see my body go through all these phases. And so really getting to that place where I could even look at myself in the mirror and start to love myself was one of the ways that I, it sounds so indirect to some people, but was one of the ways that I started to learn to trust what my body said it needed and to start letting go of some of the rules and dogma that I was following regarding what I ate and how I should be looking and how I should be exercising. And really, you know, another thing was that having severe adrenal fatigue, being as sick as I was with Lyme disease and SIRS, I was forced to quit exercising, really. But it took me a while to learn that lesson. But what I can say is those things, when I allowed them to teach me and allowed them to let me see the gift that they were in my life, um, it, it again helped me to, to trust my intuition, to trust my body, to be able to eat in a much more freeing way and, you know, to sort of start to overcome some of that body dysmorphia too. Mm -hmm. Wow. I have so many thoughts and things to say, but first of all, I love your suggestion of just looking at your eyes in the mirror in like the little tiny mirror in your vehicle versus a full length mirror because that can be really terrifying for some people, especially if you're moving through eating disorder recovery, HA recovery, that sort of thing. Or like you said, you were going through other illnesses that actually caused you to gain a lot of weight. And um, when we feel like we're so like we have to just surrender to our illness. Like, you know, it's, it's difficult for sure. So I love that suggestion because I think we all have heard like, Oh, look at yourself in the mirror, tell yourself you love yourself and move on. But you are actually giving yourself an opportunity just to kind of like see inside of yourself with that small mirror. It's so true. And it reminds me of something. It's a little story. So my son is 10 and he has the most beautiful eyes. They're so white on the outside and he has the deepest, darkest brown eyes. They're actually much like mine. And he has these beautiful eyelashes. And when I look into his eyes, I just see so much about him. And so I was telling him how the eyes are the window to the soul. <laughs> he was so freaked out by it. It was so funny. And, you know, as a 10 year old, he's like, Oh mom. And he was covering his eyes. But I truly felt that way by looking in that rear view mirror and not being able to see any other part of me. I really did feel like it was the window inside of myself. And it was, it, it was a very big thing to start there. 
Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So I think that will be a big takeaway for so many women listening to this episode. And also what you said um, just before, I think it brought up a really great topic is reframing or changing the viewpoint we have of our illness, right? And actually seeing it as a teacher and that it's here to teach us something. So can you elaborate more on that? Like how could you see your Lyme disease or SIRS as a teacher and it being here to teach you something? Can you kind of like elaborate on that for us? Yeah, I think I've always had inside of myself this desire to teach and, um, So, and to help people, certainly to help people and to bring more joy to people. So even when I was four years old, I um, was visiting the elderly with my grandmother and I loved going with her and seeing how much joy we would bring to their lives through this um, simple visit. And I think that as I as I um, got older and wanted to continue to bring joy into people's lives, I also had this desire to teach. And so when I got sick, I knew from the beginning. It's that you know I say got sick because I really kind of refer to 2012 as the point where things really shifted and, and got to the point where I needed to do something more than try to tackle this on my own. I um, knew that what I would do was use my illness, and and I actually try not to say my illness, but to use my experience as a you know a teacher for other people. I would I would learn from it and then be able to teach people. But that was one of the things that actually became very frustrating to me. Was like this is such a long and winding journey, and there's nothing straightforward about it. How am I ever going to teach anybody what I did? I can't help anybody with the path that I've taken. And um, however, when I read Jessica's book, and she said in her book that I, you know, that she's telling everybody this, but it was telling me I needed to love my illness. I was like, are you kidding me? Because I hated it. What I was striving so hard for was healing. And I felt like surrendering the word you used before, which is, was a huge lesson for me, surrendering. I'm still learning that lesson, but um, to surrender to it and to love it felt like I would be failing. I couldn't possibly imagine that. But when I started to do that was when I realized that I had so much to be grateful for. And when I started turning to gratitude and practicing gratitude every day, I, and throughout the day, and that's when I began to realize that I had lots of gifts and it wasn't just about teaching anymore, but 
it was actually through Jessica's work that I began to realize, okay, mindset is the way, you know, and love is the way that I am going to be able to teach people through almost anything. Like I don't need to teach people how to get through Lyme or how to get through SIRS or any one of these things that I've been through. I can teach people how to get through almost anything, you know, with, with their mindset and love. So that was amazing. But Ultimately, you, you know, you asked, how did I start to see this as a gift? And it started with gratitude. It started with just having gratitude for all the little things in my life. Because it was hard for me to look at the big picture when I was sick. Gosh, it was really hard to even just get through a day. And so when I just started finding little things each and every day to be grateful for, I started to see what a gift I, what a gift I had. And you know, as I got better and better, which happened throughout that year, 2016 to 2017 was my year of healing. And it started with, it started with mindset. It started with love. It started with gratitude. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, isn't it interesting how we all seem to start off with, okay, what diet is going to support my illness and what supplements do I need to take for my illness? And then when none of that stuff is really making any shifts towards the better, then we're like, oh, what's this mindset stuff all about? Like what, what are people talking about? So yeah, no, that is something obviously, you know, I'm huge about is like actually starting this conversation that mental health, emotional health and mind and like soul healing is just as important as physical healing and all of the other things that come into play with healing our physical health. So I love that your journey led you to the, what I like to call it, like the soul work, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Amazing. So you did mention dysmorphia a few times. When did that start to dissolve for you? I'm curious. You know, I would say that I don't have body dysmorphia anymore, but I think one of the things was beginning to normalize the fact that, uh, let me, let me back up. So It started to dissolve, like I said, when I started to do that work, looking in the mirror, loving me deeply from the inside so that I could start loving my outside too. And um, so it really started to dissolve over that year, 2016 to 2017, as I was really working on that piece. But You know, I had at some point in there gone so far to the side of like self-love, you know, I need to love myself that I still almost felt ashamed if I didn't like my body sometimes, or if I was still found myself judging it at times, or still found myself comparing, you know, myself in some way to others. And when I started normalizing again, the fact that 
we don't always have to be perfectly in love with every part of ourselves, but we can still sometimes pinch that tummy roll or, you know, look at our wrinkles in the mirror and, you know, not feel so great about them. And that's, that's okay. That it's very normal for us to feel that way. Um, and to not let that spiral, right. And turn into something completely negative. Um, and having done so much mindset work, I can stop those thoughts much more quickly now. And, you know, that really just starts first with noticing them. And then next with either changing what I'm doing, like distraction, basically, or turning it around and having something positive to say or um, just reminding myself that it's normal, it's natural, and it's okay. I think one thing I want to, you know, make a point of, and I'm, I know you share about this all the time, but it's totally okay to feel any type of emotion. And that's when the body dysmorphia started to dissolve, was to realize, like, it's okay to feel these emotions sometimes, and it's okay to sit with them, just don't become bogged down in them, because that's when they can become dangerous. Mm, yeah. And I like how you kind of gave us like the three little points in that. I was going to ask you, okay, so when we're having these thoughts and we want to start like shifting them before we get into this spiral. So for all the ladies that are listening, we said, bring awareness to them. Right. And then, um, it was to take yourself almost out of the environment that you're in or doing what you're doing, kind of um, remove yourself from that place. You said kind of distract yourself and then reframe what you're actually thinking or saying to yourself. And that's the powerful point here is I don't think a lot of people realize that you don't need to hear or actually listen to the things that are happening in your head, you can shift that, right? Yes. So 95% of our biology, our genes and our behaviors are run by our subconscious mind. And these things are wired from the time before we were the age of seven and we had a filter. So we took in so much stuff from our parents, our teachers, or anybody who had some sort of influence in our lives at that time, we took on their thoughts and beliefs. And then over time, even after the age of seven, once we developed a filter, we took on things, you know, that we believed. And sometimes they're beautiful things. Sometimes they serve us beautifully. However, we end up sometimes with these limiting beliefs or negative thought patterns, and we don't even recognize them until we, we drop some awareness there. And some of the things that I love to do to draw awareness there are, you know, sitting in meditation or having mindfulness practice, just um, especially when it comes to our bodies um, being aware of our bodies, my, one of my most favorite things to do is to lie down on the ground, even if it's inside, but if you can be outside, it's even better, like in the grass on the actual earth, but it's to lie down and put a hand on my heart and a hand on my belly. And 
it really helps to just ground me and help me to go inward in a way that I can sort of like trust and connect with my heart and my soul and, and all of that. And so, um, you know, that's one way to start to draw awareness, to spend time with yourself in that way, to spend time with yourself in quiet, to journal, um, to just get some of the stuff out, to have a conversation with somebody that you absolutely trust and you feel like you can be a thousand percent honest with. And I think that's really key is to put whatever you're feeling out there without judgment. And sometimes once it's out there, you recognize like, whoa, I didn't even realize that was happening. And so then we start to have more awareness on a daily basis and we can be more aware of these thoughts as they come forth. Oh, yes. Awareness is basically like the foundation of it all, I would say. Yeah, it is. But if we don't take action, right, we we can be aware. But then action is that next it's step. It's the that next step for sure. For yeah. sure. Yeah. But there are a lot of people that like you need that awareness first, because if you don't have that, then there can be so much garbage happening in your mind that you're not even like aware of <laughs> right exactly yeah it's deeply programmed you know inside of us and yeah we just we are not always aware in fact one of the things that I uncovered in my mindfulness work and my work around my mindset when I was trying to get well was that I didn't even believe that I was worthy of healing and how like it, it baffled my mind that after four or five years of this journey where all I wanted, wanted nothing more than to get better, that deep inside of me, there was this belief that I didn't deserve to get better. And so it took me all that time, which is crazy to say, to even uncover that limiting belief. And that was, that was a huge thing to uncover. Um, but what it took was going within, you know, really tuning back inside, stop looking outside for the answers and look within to see what was limiting me. Mm, I feel like you're one step ahead of me in this conversation. Like you keep answering the things that I'm going to ask you. So this is awesome. Um, So I was going to ask you if like there was any really specific beliefs that came up for you throughout your healing journey. So for you, one of the big ones was that you weren't worthy of actually getting better. So what did that look like for you to, okay, so you uncovered that belief, you brought awareness to that belief. And then what did you actually do to like, let go of that belief and reprogram your belief system? It took me quite some time. It wasn't a long period of time, but it took me, when I realized that I first had to try, for me, I'm a questioner. So in Gretchen Rubin's Four Tendencies Framework, I'm a questioner. So it was really important for me to try to figure out where did this come from? Why do I have this belief? And because that was sort of what I needed to get to the root of it for me. Um, (laughs) to be honest, I never did fully answer that question, but I think, um, you know, I almost hesitate to say this, but I grew up in the Catholic faith. I'm still Catholic. I'm still very much a believer, but, um, 
you know, growing up there in the faith, there's a lot of focus on like sin and how we're, how we're wrong. Um, and how sometimes, and I think it was this, what I discovered is it was the way I interpreted it, that I was not worthy of God's love because I was a sinner. And it's so, it's not what the church teaches really. Um, I guess it depends on how you interpret it. Um, I think that was part of the root of it for me. And once I was able to be like, yeah, I don't, I don't know how that got tangled that way. And for me, it got to, it was hard for me at first to just, like, I couldn't just switch from, this is, I guess this is where the important lesson comes in, is I couldn't just switch from believing I wasn't worthy or wasn't deserving of healing to believing I was. So our subconscious will balk if we try to make too big of a leap between what we, our current belief system to a new belief system. It will balk at it. And... So I, I couldn't just make that leap. I needed to find something believable in between. And so for me to get to believing that I was worthy, it first started with me believing that I was worthy through God's love for me. And so that started it. And then I could eventually make the leap to I am worthy. And I have developed a system now because when I was working through this, right, I was like, even this mindset stuff is kind of like complicated and we all, it's very intuitive. We have to find our own journey through it. But I knew I needed to teach this to my clients and I've been a health coach since 2011. And I was like, this was the missing piece for me. And I know how very impactful this is going to be for others. So I've developed a system called power statements where, um, you know, it, it's a multi-step process, but ultimately it's about rewriting that story. And it's about, um, you know, starting with something believable for you. And so that was kind of the process I used. And that came up through just um, introspection and journaling and, and kind of getting it out there and then finding that, you know, that believable next step for me so that eventually I could make that leap to, I, I am worthy. Amazing. Yes, yes, yes. I've just been like nodding along and so caught up in your story. So I think that's also some really great takeaways for our ladies today, because, yeah, if we're holding on to a belief that we're not worthy, we don't love ourselves, we're terrible people, whatever we're whatever horrible thing we're holding on to whatever um misunderstanding we're holding on to um it's not easy to just jump in and be like okay fully love myself so we need to start small so I love what you're doing with your power statements as you call them and I'm sure your clients are getting tons of amazing results because I do think it's so important to be working with a practitioner that has been through this mindset stuff themselves and integrates it into their work. So thank you so much for doing all of this amazing work and the incredible conversation. I have a couple more questions for you before we have to wrap up the show. And this one I ask all of my guests and it is, what does it mean to you to be unbreakable? 
Oh, goodness. Wow, I love that because, you know, to be unbreakable, I think we have to be willing to be broken down. I think we have to be willing to surrender and risk feeling broken to actually develop such incredible inner strength that we feel unbreakable. One of the lessons that has come up for me over and over and over, when, you know, it really started with my eating disorder, I would say, but is this concept of surrendering. And I'm still, like, the lessons still come around surrendering. And I think the biggest thing are these fears that the thoughts and emotions that come up around this thought of surrendering, no matter what it is, just and by surrendering, I just mean letting it go, being with it instead of, um, you know, fighting against it. And so often we want to do that with these things that feel challenging or negative. We, we try to overcome them. And sometimes most often just surrendering to it is what actually removes the barrier to getting through it. And so, and then it's from those breakdowns that we have breakthroughs. So I would say being unbreakable really is about being willing to be broken down to develop that inner strength um, so that technically we're unbreakable. Yeah, beautiful. All right, Deanna, and we're can people find you and connect with you? I love connecting with people most on Instagram. So I'm thriving. Yeah. Thriving underscore with underscore Deanna at, um, on Instagram and I'm on Facebook too, but, uh, I enjoy Instagram more and I have a website, um, thriving with and I, I love connecting with people there too. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us this week. It was a blast. I had so much fun. Thank you for the conversation. And, you know, I just have to say in closing how much your journey really inspired me as well. We, you know, we started talking about that earlier, but um, watching you overcome your eating disorder and all the phases of it have been so inspirational to me. And then also just kind of watching you blossom into this place of um, using mindset and love and, you know, that, that spiritual piece as, as a healer too. It has just been beautiful. Thank you so much. And listening to you today has been amazing. So thank you. Thanks so much. 